Well, I am excited to hear to finish this final message on Christ in you, the hope of glory. What an amazing principle that God Almighty says, I want to dwell with you and be a part of you and help you and show you how you can reach out to others. Is that amazing or what when you think about it? But see, he, sometimes he lies dormant in, on the inside of us and we don't let him come out. How does he come out? By studying the Word of God, by bringing the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of you so that you have a desire and a want and a mind to help people. It's not in our own minds to help people. We, we get so stuck in our ways. We get so settled. We get so selfish. Am I talking to anybody here? You know, we have our own problems. We have our own situation. I can't help nobody else. But when you pray, you're looking for someone to help you because God's not going to come down from heaven Angels are not going to come down and actually give you stuff or do things for you. He has to use people to minister to your needs. And when God uses you, guess what? He's very thankful, and he wants to reward you for what you have done. The Bible says, uh, don't be, uh, 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 I can't remember the exact scripture, <laughs> but it's, he, he's not unfaithful to forget your work and your labor and love that you minister to the saints. Praise God. Jesus said, if you've done it to one of them, you've done it unto me. So when someone's crying out and you help that person, you've answered a prayer for God. Isn't that amazing that God wants to use us that way? And then when we get up to heaven, I mean, we get blessings here on earth for doing it, but when we get up to heaven, he marks off all those things that we did for his saints, and we get a reward for it. We get a nice, beautiful palace, and our palace is determined on how many good works we do. And you say, well, you know, Pastor Chuck, that sounds good and everything, but I'll wait till I get there. No, I'm trying to help you while you're here before you get there. Because when you get there, you're going to go, why is my mansion so small? Where, where's all the frills and everything? Well, you know, you didn't send much up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So anyway, there's a fine line between pastoring and pestering. Okay, I'm pestering and pastoring you now <laughs> to move and do and go ahead and do good works for the Lord. Praise God. All right, I'm glad you're all excited about that. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about a certain angle about Christ in you, the hope of glory. You've heard that saying, if God be for us, who can be against us? Is that not right? If you've been in church any length of time or if you've been growing up in church, you know that principle. If God, but do we really believe that? If God is for us, who or what could be against us? Now, God told Abraham in Genesis 17, verse 1, I am the Lord God Almighty. So you might have a mighty problem, but we have an almighty God. And that word almighty means more than enough. Whatever you're facing, he's more than enough to take care of every situation you're facing. Well, I feel so depressed. He's more than enough to help you take care of that situation. Well, I don't have any financial, I have a financial need. He's more than enough to provide you and give to you. I don't have wisdom in certain areas. He has more than enough wisdom to, ah, I just get so excited thinking about that. We're not here alone. It's like tag team, right? You're fighting. You can't do it. You tag. God comes in. All right, here we go. And he comes and helps you, right? Hits a guy on the head, hits the devil on the head, hits whoever's, you know, face, whatever problems we're facing. Isn't that good news? Tag team. You got God on your side. Praise God. Now, it's like having a superhero with you at all times. I always wanted to have a superhero, didn't you? I always thought having the Incredible Hulk, that would be wonderful to have the Incredible Hulk when I was in high school. You know, people give me a hard time. I go, have you met my friend? <laughs> you know, you have a lot of confidence 
when that happens. Don't you? Do you know what the, the most popular, the most popular superhero, anybody want to guess what the most popular hero? Batman is up there real high, but also the person, <laughs> the person that sells the most stuff is Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. But I grew up knowing a guy named Superman, right? Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's super Christian. That's who we are. Amen? Now, some people, I mean, you don't see any superheroes called, I'm depressed man. I'm, I'm defeated man. You're here to help me? Oh, I'm negative man. I'm wimpy man. No. That's the way we used to, we used to be so strong. And, and when we first got saved, we could do all things, but then people hurt us, reject us, turn their backs on us, and so we, 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 we turn away from it. But we need that confidence to know that God is with us. And if we really believe that, I think it'll change the way we act, the way we live, and the way we see things in our lives. So when we face challenges and roadblock blocks that seem insurmountable, do we cry out, if God be for me, who can be against? What situation could be against me? Amen? Hallelujah. When I got my little diagnosis, he says, you've got some excessive white blood cells in your stomach. And he was looking at it, and I said, well, that's okay. I'll just talk to it. He said, well, what if it doesn't listen? I said, it's got to listen. Amen? Amen. God gave us the creative power out of our mouth to speak to situations. So if we have that, if God be with us, it reduces and gets rid of our doubt, our insecurities, and all the fears that we might have. So if we really believe that God is for us, we can go home today completely satisfied, knowing that he will guide and direct, you, direct us in every part of our lives. Now, one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And it even goes further in the definition as the God who sees ahead and knows what you need before you need it and provides it for you. I think that's pretty amazing, isn't it, of God? He said, when you arrive at a problem, that's not the first time he heard about it. He already knew that was going to happen before the foundation of the world. And he made provision for you. All you have to do is lift up your spiritual eyes, look and see what the Lord has provided for you. Just like with Abraham, when he went to sacrifice his son, God said, look about you and you will see the lamb that has been provided for you. Now, that lamb didn't just poof appear, but it came up the backside of the mountain ready for Abraham to see him. So your provision, even though you don't see it, when you call on the Lord, he will show you what he has provided for you. I'm preaching better than you guys are looking at me, that's for sure. <laughs> like nobody got any problems here? Nobody got any situations that they need God to work in? Oh, I'll keep going. Let's see. Let's see if I, if I hit anybody here, okay? So we look at, let's look at this scripture. If God be for us. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, it's kind of interesting. They says things. What, what things is he talking about? He's talking about marital things. He's talking about financial things. He's talking about interpersonal things. Whatever things are bothering you. He said, I will help you in these things. 
So we should supposed to what? Say to these things. You got it? Say to the marital situation. Say to the financial situation. God, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? You've got to come against these situations. Speak it out of your mouth. Don't get just stymied and, and stayed and, oh, I can't move. I can't do anything. No, speak, speak, speak. Help, 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 Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because God can change situations and circumstances that you're facing. And he'll use people to help you. So when we have situations, we have to speak to him. Say, body, get in line. Finances, get in line. Father, I thank you for your provision. I thank you for all that you've done for me. And, and you know, I, I got this when I was growing up from my dad, who was a mechanic. He was an airline mechanic, but he had the ability to fix everything. And I know because I used to break everything. <laughs> we both had gifts. <laughs> so I wasn't worried when things didn't go right. I can remember playing baseball in the street and I hit an inside pitch, and I turned and hit it right into the neighbor's window. And you know what happened, right? It broke. And guess what? Everybody fleed. Everybody took, scattered. I was like, whoa! I was the only one standing there with the bat, right? But I didn't worry because I knew my dad could fix it. So I have an image of whatever I get into trouble, my Heavenly Father can fix it for me, no matter what situation I'm facing. Isn't that good news? So we have to believe that. Now, what, you know, God talks about things a lot in the Bible. Let's look at a couple of scriptures here in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, things. What things are you talking about? You know, when we were at the house and Charles and Mary Ann are there, and I always say, can you get that thing and bring it over here? And they go, what thing? You know, the red thing. <laughs> Bring it over here to the TV. Dad, tell us what you mean. Oh, that remote. Can you bring it over here? And so God is saying the same thing, so I'm kind of scriptural in that. Whatever things you desire whenever you, when, you, when you pray, <laughs> seek the kingdom of God and all these things. What things? Everything that you need will be added to you. How about the next one? Romans 8:37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Isn't that good news? What things? You got any things in your life? Some, you know, this is delicate situation, this thing that's bothering me, my, my job situation, my car situation. These things God said he could work out for you. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, it says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things come. See, he put it all in case. Anything that you're facing, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Last scripture in this, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, it says, while we look not at the things. Can you imagine how many times he's talking about things? You got any things you want to insert in there? <laughs> but at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I'm, when I was growing up, I don't know if you guys had this expression, ain't nothing but a thing. Anybody? Anybody old enough? Yeah? Nothing but a thing. I was like, that's the stupidest comment I've ever heard, nothing but a thing. What are you talking about? Then I got saved, and I said, oh, okay, I'm trying to see what, see what he's talking about. Whatever you're, it's nothing but a thing. You got a bad hip, bad knee, nothing but a thing. God will help you, right? Got a pain in your back, nothing but a thing, okay? All right. 
All right, we're going to look at a story now. You ready for story time? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so glad to hear that. <laughs> we're going to look at Elijah. He had a thing going on in his life. And uh, we're going to look at the story, and then we're going to ask you four questions how that applies to you. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good? Fun? Okay, let's look at the story in Elijah uh, in 2 Kings. Uh, now the king of Syria made war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants. You know, this, there's no rhyme or reason why this king of Syria wanted to make war of Israel. He just decided, I'm just going to make war. Have you ever had people come against you like that? Why are you bothering me? What, what's, is it the way I walk? Where, where am I here? What, you know, what's the problem? Some people come warring after you. Can you relate to that at all? On your job, in your neighborhood, wherever you go. I rub you, did I rub you the wrong way? What's the problem here? <laughs> so he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God said to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Thus he warned him, not just once, nor twice. In other words, every time they tried to make a plan, the camp tried to make a plan to go fight Israel, the Spirit of the Lord talked to the prophet and said, they're going down here, warn the king so that he'd be ready and that they won't go by there. And so the king of Syria goes, what? what's going on here? Who's spilling the beans? Do we have somebody that's like, uh, you know, leaking the information? Keep going. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a what? Great army. That's like tens of thousands of people. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out there, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And a servant said to him, Alas, master, what shall we do? Next scripture. And then we're going to come back. So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And the servant said, Wait a minute. Let's go over the math again. We got tens of thousands surrounding the city, and we got you, and we got me. Okay, that doesn't. Add, there's more with us than those that are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, "Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see." Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. I think one more scripture. No, let's go back to the beginning of 2 Kings. So we're going to look at this story, and we're going to see Elijah had a big problem, did he not? And the Bible says in the New Testament that we should look back in the Old Testament and see how people had situations so that it could be examples of us and how to overcome the situations that we're facing. Amen? So the first question I want to ask you is what is surrounding you? Elijah saw the armies of the enemy surrounding him. What kind of armies are facing you or surrounding you? Is it health issues? Is it work issues? Car issues? Children's issues? What is bugging you? What is surrounding? What's on your mind and on your heart? In the natural, you might be surrounded by an enemy, but in the spiritual realm, you are surrounded by the power of God. So the army was there. Now, why wasn't Elijah scared? Because he had a relationship with the Lord. He knew that he could count on him. He knew that 
that the Lord would protect him. And the scriptures, I think that he knew in Psalms 27.1.3, is the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my defense. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries, my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war rise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. You think he knew that scripture? Do you know that scripture? When enemies come against you? How about this one, Psalms 3, 6? I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. So what enemy, what army is coming against you? Army of health? Army of financial problems? What's facing you? God will give you the victory. He said we're more than conquerors to them that trust in him. So are you surrounded by promises? Are you surrounded, I mean, are you surrounded by problems or are you surrounded by promises? Can you say you're surrounded by hopelessness or are you surrounded by hope? Are you surrounded by fear or are you surrounded by faith? It's your choice what you want to surround you. And what you have to surround you with is going to determine your final outcome and how things are going to work out. It's whoever you tap into. Do you tap into the Lord or do you tap into the devil that's bringing these accusations and these problems against you? Amen? So I want to encourage you today, if things are not lining up for you the way you want them to, lock yourself in your room, get your Bible, and pray into God, and get the outcome, the final outcome, to be victorious in your life. Because I don't like uh, bad endings. You like bad endings in a story? You're watching a movie for two and a half hours, and all of a sudden, the ending is like, no, the person dies. Well, why, why, why am I watching this movie for? I, you know, they're all sick, and they're crying, uh. How about the Titanic? Do you like watching the Titanic? Oh, it's great. It's happy. And but they all die at the end. What? I keep waiting. The ship, maybe, maybe. No, it never happens. It's just always, no matter how happy it is, they always all die. And I always wondered, I don't know if you ever wonder about this, but the lady that was on that board in the ocean, why didn't she let her, her, her friend share with the board? Why is she hogging the board and he's going, well, what's wrong with I don't know. Anyway, I don't like bad endings. So do you know that there's a good ending in your story? God has prepared a good ending in your story. Let's see. Um, Franny, can we skip to that at the end there where we see a, a theater? Okay, these guys have left the movie because they don't like the story. They don't like the way it's going. Have you ever wanted to check out <laughs> of your own life story? Oh, Lord, what's going to happen? Oh, man, this is miserable. But don't check out. These guys, the guys in the middle, they stayed. These people are walking. They're all walking out. We can't walk out. We have to know that there's an end of the story because like people have a, have a tendency to want to now commit suicide, saying, ah, it's over. No, it's not over. There's still more chapters in the book, and God is able to turn it around. Amen? So the second question is, what do you do when you don't know what to do? You ever been there? Who do you turn to when your faith seems weak and victory seems lost? Anybody been there? Elijah's servant, when he saw the enemy, asked Elijah, what shall we do? What shall we turn to? Do we turn to TV? Do we turn to isolation? Do we turn to depression? Do we turn to, uh, I can't help anybody? 
Do we turn to alcohol or drugs or overeating? Okay, come on, talk to me. Over, <laughs> overwatching, overspending, self-pity. What do we turn to in moments of grief? Because that's the way you'll know who you're trusting. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You know, I, I, I disciple some kids from APU, and they come to me with these problems that they have, and I go, that's easy. Yes, I've been there, done that. All you got to do is this, this, and that. And they go, oh, thank you, Pastor. Why? Because I've been there, the older teaching the younger. So we see Elijah teaching his servant, don't fret, don't worry about it. We got it under control. Amen? So no matter what you're facing, there's an answer somewhere to get through. You know, I've had a lot of um, uh, people that I've helped with their marriages, and it's only because I've had to have help in my own marriage. <laughs> I had to learn how to navigate through what I had to go through to help others to get through what they're going through. Praise the Lord. I know nobody here has any marital problems, so I'm just so happy and thankful <laughs> that we have a church so blessed that they never have a, a problem with their spouse. You know, you know, whoever wrote that and they lived happily ever after, I don't know what's wrong with that person. They just don't. They, that, that lot of false uh, expectation there. You know, I say you fall in love with somebody and then you have to learn how to love them after you've fallen in love because they're not the same person that you married, you know. I used to say, my wife and I, we should sue each other for false advertising because <laughs> she was not the same person that I... Where is that happy-go-lucky, uh, everything's cool and you're great and everything? And she would say, well, where's that guy that listens to me and talks to me and pays attention to me all the time? I don't know, he left, okay? He left a while back. So you have to learn how to love one another. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My wife was saying, you know, sometimes when I'm getting ready, I need you just to be there and talk to me. Really? <laughs> That's what you want? She said, okay. I said, okay. She says, you don't have to do it now. I go, no, 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 I want to practice this thing. So I sat on, sat on the chair and said, okay, we're here watching you put on your makeup. <laughs> Do you need anything else, dear? <laughs> Why? I'm, I'm learning how to love somebody. Praise the Lord. That's for anybody that needs that, okay? <laughs> so that's one of the, uh, one of the uh, questions I want to ask you. Who do you turn to? Do you turn to the Lord? Do you turn to somebody that's been in that situation? It's funny how the Lord uses people to come alongside your life when you have a problem. You probably never have seen them for a long time, and all of a sudden they call you up or they're, they're put in your, in your pathway, and you're able to ask them a question, and they just deliver you. I can remember uh, when I was in high school, I had the situation that I needed help with, and I didn't know where it was going to come from. So I was just sitting in my friend's room, uh, living room, and his, his mother came in, she had the solution. I, ha I hardly ever talked to her. She came in and, I just heard on the radio such and such and such. I go, what? you got to be kidding me. That's exactly what I need. And we did it, and it happened. Why? Because who do you turn to? Do you turn to the Lord? And he will provide for you. Third question is, what do you fear? Praise the Lord. Now, here's what I learned about faith and fear that's similar. You ready for this? They're both in the future, Right? Faith is what could happen. Fear is what could happen. So it depends on what you believe. Uh, and what do you fear? Fear is a massive weapon that the devil uses against so many people. And we're, we're, we have all kinds of fears in our lives. 
we have fear of getting old. You don't have to worry about that. You will be getting old. Fear of getting sick. Fear of not being able to take care of yourself. Fear of rejection. Some people don't even go to uh, a job because of fear of rejection. Fear of making a promise because I may not be able to fulfill it. But you have to know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know, I know growing up, we used to have all these fears. Fear of a black cat. Remember that? Black cat. Don't, don't get near Fear of walking under a ladder. Fear of Friday the 13th. <laughs> I, I heard this. This is a... <laughs> I heard this that... You know, you know what the number one fear is of all Americans? Anybody have a guess? It's a fear of public speaking. That's why I get... I push people up here, okay? You've got to give a testimony. Ah, oh, Pastor, I don't... Come on. Give God the glory, amen? And God helps them. Fear of public speaking. Guess what ranks in the top five? Fear of death. So I, I started thinking about that. If you went to a funeral, <laughs> the person would rather be the one that was in the casket than one that'd have to get up and say something. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sad, isn't it? Fear of death ranks fifth. Fear of, I'd, rather, I'd rather not speak anything. I'd rather just die and be in the casket, right? I heard this comedian say this. This is kind of funny. He goes, uh, when he was a little boy, they had a casket at the church, and he thought, oh my God, what is this? They, they kill people here at this church? And he, <laughs> so his mother said, he's in a better place. So, well, what kind of box did he have before when he's in a better place now? <laughs> So what are the questions that we have? We have, what's surrounding you? Who do you go to? What do you fear? Fourth question is, what's blinding your vision? This man could not see what Elijah saw. There's some people that just can't see their future. They can't see what God has planned for them. Even though they have talents, abilities, they have things that they can do so well, and other people recognize it, but they don't recognize it. They can't see themselves being successful. Other people see it. Other people see their potential, but they don't see their own giftedness. Did you know that? They don't see what God has put into them because their spiritual eyes are blinded. The young servant could only see in the natural, but Elijah saw in the spiritual. So I'm going to bring up my nephew again, who graduated from uh, Riverside University. Amen. So he's near and dear to our hearts because uh, it's Marianne's brother's son. And so he graduates uh, in, uh, what was your? Uh, computer science. Computer science? Computer science. His father was very, very intelligent. He, he created a lot of great things. So anyway, he's sitting on his couch after he graduated. Hallelujah. <laughs> now I graduated, what do I do now? <laughs> Never had a job interview. Never applied for a job, just sitting, waiting for the Lord, the Lord, to come by. So Marianne's going through her, her uh, applications for jobs, and she sees one and says, oh, Billy would fit really good in this job. So he called her, and she called him, and said, Billy, apply for this job. I think you'd be good at it. He applied for the job. He got the job. Isn't that nice? You go from zero to now you got a regular paid salary, right? So, so now, Alex, you know, he went into the service. 
uh, as a reserve. He's going to be gone for seven months. So we had to say, well, like, hmm, who could we get to do the sound? Hallelujah. My wife says, and see, she has a, she has a gift in knowing who's, who can be, you know, what gift they have and what they could do for, uh, for service to the Lord. She said, I think Billy would be good at that. I go, really? <laughs> surprise, surprise. But surprise, surprise, Dominic trained him, said, this is the guy. He has learned faster than anybody that I've ever taught. He, he absorbs everything completely well and does a great job. And so he's there. And give God the glory. Amen? So sometimes we don't see what other people see in our life. But we have to believe that God is going to bring people around us to help us to do those things that God has called us to do. Praise the Lord. Now, a lot of times we have to, this is a principle, and I'm going to end uh, pretty soon here with this. The Lord has to bring a visualization to us. We don't see it. Remember, God came to Abraham, and he said, I have made thee a father of many nations. And he said, but I'm just, I don't have any children. And he kept telling him, you know, he appeared to him six times. You think he would have got it after the sixth time. But he said, come outside and look at the stars in the sky. Do we have the, star, the uh, stars in the sky, um, Frania? There it is. Okay. He said, try to count those. And if you can count them, that's the number of descendants that you're going to have on this earth. So anybody want to try? I don't know. One, two, three. He said, I give up. And he said he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we have to get a vision. Now, companies have that principle. They know how to do it. If you ever look at a commercial, they have like, okay, if you're looking at crests, and they have uh, germ fighters, and they have all these bubbles going into your teeth and correcting all of your gums and everything, and you go like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. Well, I, I brush my teeth. I don't see no bubbles coming out or anything. But they give you a visualization of what the thing can do. We have to visualize ourselves being in a place, being where God has called us to be, and doing the things that he has called us to do. Praise the Lord. And know that God is more than enough to do those things that he called us to do. So we have to believe that what God has put in our heart, he's able also to perform in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that we're able to do great and mighty things because of what you've called and what you've done on the inside of us. We thank you that, Father, we can look at these four questions and get an understanding of what is happening in our life. We have to look and see, what is surrounding us? Do we have hope? Do we have your promises surrounding us? Or do we have fear and problems? Do we know what to do when we don't know what to do? Do we know to go to you, Father, and to see your help and seek your provision? What are we fearing, Lord? The things that we feared have come upon us, Job said. We don't want the fear of what we're thinking to come upon us. And what's blinding our vision? What's keeping us from receiving all that you have promised for us? So, Father, I thank you that you enlighten your people with your heart and your spirit to know that there's a hope in believing in you. You said in your word that we'll not be ashamed trusting in you. So, Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just take a moment, and if that's you and you say, you know what, I need to sharpen my spiritual senses. I need to 
align myself with what God has called me to do, just raise your hand right now. I want to pray over you and, and let God minister to your, in your behalf. Thank you. I see those hands. Praise God. It's, not a, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We're always moving from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And because of your declaration, God said, I can come in and, and reveal some things to you. So, Father, I just thank you for those that have raised their hands and those that have opened up their hearts to receive what you have, that, Lord God, that you're going to minister to them even as we close out this service. That, Lord, they're not going to give up hope because things have just not worked out exactly the way they wanted them to or they don't see the end of what they're facing. They, don't, they see a brick wall, but they don't see that you want to take them past that. Hallelujah. Take them past that, Lord God, to a new realm and a new place, and a new hope, and a new life. So, Father, I thank you that you minister to them right now by your Spirit, giving them hope and peace in believing, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.